Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So yesterday on the show, we did a call segment about Sam Howell and the drafting of a quarterback and April, et cetera, et cetera. And I got a lot of feedback, but I'm going to read Denton. I'm going to read three different notes because this was very representative with the exception of the last one, which was brilliant, um, but very representative of a subject that I think is really very split from my perspective. This from Jason. Jason wrote, Kevin, why would anybody think taking a quarterback in the top four of the draft be a good idea when Sam Howell has proven he's a starting quarterback? I don't have a problem drafting a quarterback later on in the draft, but this team needs to build around Sam rather than starting over. So that was from Jason. This came from Terry. Terry wrote, Am I really hearing fans of this team saying no to drafting a quarterback if we have a top five pick? The Snyder scars are affecting brain function. Revisit the last time we didn't. How many sacks did Chase Young have here? I'll hang up and listen offline. That was from Terry. And then this from Yanni. Yanni wrote, Kevin, if they think a quarterback in the draft at their draft position is much better than Sam Howell, then pick him. If not, then don't. Yanni, you get the blue ribbon. Well done. Brevity. Well said. Good morning. Uh, You know, Washington's football team, uh, as we know, has always been, unfortunately for all of us, much more interesting in the offseason than they've been during the actual Season And this offseason is going to ring very familiar. By the way, just as this regular season has sort of rung very familiar, of course, there's a whole new group making the offseason decisions for the first time in, 20, uh, in 25 years. So that will make this upcoming offseason much different than any in the past. But still, man, think about it. All right? Think of the list of things we will have at our disposal in our little tight-knit community of fans of this football team to talk about, to debate, to waste valuable revenue-generating time blabbing about it. Although it is revenue-generating for me, but not for a lot of you. But still, if I wasn't doing this for a living, I'd still be blabbing about it with lots of friends and family members. But think about what we have coming up. All right, January. All right, first the firings, then the hirings, a new GM, you know, or the new GM, a new head coach. Then as we approach March and April, 
you know, more cap space than just about any team in the league to go free agent shopping, and then you've got five draft picks in the first three rounds with very likely a top four to top five pick. You know, at some point in the offseason, I would expect and hope to get an update on the name and the brand plan. Um, And, you know, again, as the conversation went yesterday and a lot of the correspondence after the show focused on with a likely top four pick, the yes or no on a quarterback discussion will rage, will rage from now until the night of April 25th. That is the Thursday night of the 2024 first round of the NFL draft held this year, by the way, or next year. Uh, the next draft in April of 2024 in Detroit. But before we even get to that, we're going to have combine talk. We'll have pro days to watch. They are much more interesting when you have a top four pick. And by the way, throw on top of that two early second round picks. So those days become even more interesting. I mean, we are so accustomed to the offseason being the show. You know, it just sucks when you think about it. But it's always more active than the regular season. I hope that this upcoming offseason is the last time that it's the show for us. You know, the parties in March and April aren't nearly as fun as the parties in mid to late January. Um... But anyway, back to Yanni's email. I loved it. He, he just summed it up so perfectly. Kevin, if they think a quarterback in the draft at their draft position is much better than Sam Howell, then pick him. If not, then don't. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would add, and I'm sure, Yanni, you would have added it, but you wanted to be short and to the point, which was perfect. The only thing I would add is that if there is a quarterback that they're in love with and a quarterback that they think gives them a much better chance at that position than Sam Howell does... Just make sure they take that quarterback in the right spot. You know, like it's very possible that Caleb Williams or Drake May or even Jaden Daniels um, may not be the quarterback that they love or the quarterback that's attainable. Uh, they might like J.J. McCarthy or Michael Penix, Penix Jr. or anybody else. And if you've got a chance to get that player that you really like by trading back, you do that, of course. But anyway, um, plenty of time uh, for all of that discussion. But yeah, uh, a lot of you were fired up after the conversation about drafting a quarterback. Not that it's the first time we've had that conversation, and it certainly won't be the last. Uh, We've got a lot to get to. I mean, it's going to be an active offseason for sure. There's still five weeks left in the NFL regular season. Fortunately, Washington can't lose this weekend. Um, They have a bye. Two guests on the show today. Uh, My friend Steve Beck, who runs the Military Bowl, will be on with us at 11.35. They've got a good matchup uh, in Annapolis this year. Uh, So we will talk about that. And then Jason Horowitz with SiriusXM at noon to talk some college football, Heisman Trophy. Uh, Jaden Daniels now the heavy favorite to take home the Heisman Trophy on Saturday night. We've got some NFL buy and sell. We've got some NFL power rankings. The number one team is pretty easy this week. Really easy. Uh, But I want to get started here this morning with a what do you got. So yesterday out in Ashburn um, at, uh, at the park, Terry McLaurin, and they put this out on their team social media yesterday or last night, 
I saw it early this morning. Terry McLaurin thought he was going to be sitting down for an interview with Santana Moss. Instead, his girlfriend uh, walked into the studio where he was sitting down to present him with something. Um, And I'll let you listen to the entire exchange between Terry and his girlfriend. He was surprised to see her. He was expecting Santana Moss to sit down to do an interview. But this is what happened. Oh, shoot. Hi, babe. How are you? What's up? What are you doing? How is your day going? Good. Good. Can I sit with you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what you doing? Um, I have something that I want to read to you. All right. <laughs> so, T, God has brought me many blessings, one of the most meaningful being you. Since getting drafted in 2019, I've seen your love and care for our community here in the DMV area magnify in amazing ways. Thank you for uplifting not only your family, friends, and teammates, but the community you care for so much as well. And because of who you are, I am honored to be able to share with you that you are this year's Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Washington Commanders. Oh, that's dope. Congratulations, my love. We are all immensely proud of you. I'm I'm so so surprised. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, that's really cool. Cool surprise. Did you get to so see much. me? No, I didn't. They told me Santana was coming. <laughs> I'm thinking I got an interview. All right. That was very nice. You know, they've done some very nice things from the team's social media account. Think back to last year when Ron Rivera surprised Jeremy Reeves with his Pro Bowl special teams nod. Um, they've done some very nice things. They've done some other things that make you scratch your head, but Terry McLaurin, very deserving. It's funny, it got me into a bit of a deep dive on the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which is the league's most prestigious honor given annually to the player who best represents the greatness and compassion of Walter Payton on and off the field. Um, And so 32 players are nominated every year, and one is selected. Uh, Washington, since that award was actually named, has only had one winner, and that was Daryl Green back in 1996. Uh, And the the award was not even called the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award back then. It was just the NFL Man of the Year Award. That was the last Washington player to win it, Daryl Green in 1996. Joe Theismann won it in 1992. Uh, as the NFL Man of the Year, uh, and the most, the reigning NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year is Dak Prescott, who actually may turn that into a potential NFL MVP as well. Uh, it's been a hell of a year so far for Dak Prescott. Sunday night, though, is the biggest spot for him this year. Uh, but congrats to Terry McLaurin. Uh, they do have. In that building, um, as much as we have scrutinized the roster, as much as some of us, like yours truly, have been wrong about the roster, certainly based on this year's results, um, they have some high-character, high-quality people uh, in that locker room, and Terry uh, has certainly been among those to lead the list. So I was looking through the list of nominees. I think he's got a decent chance to win it. 
I mean, I don't know some of the players on this list specifically and the involvement in the community and the the give back to the community as Terry's been a big part of it in this era in this area, but um the most veteran player uh, on the list this year, and I would and he's not won the award before. Um, so there's a chance he could win it this year is Bobby Wagner, who has had, you know, a long NFL career is now back in Seattle at the age of 34 years old, having a pretty good season, uh, in Seattle as well. And so in looking at the list, I saw guys like Bobby Wagner, Lane Johnson, uh, on the list, um, Cooper cup on the list, uh, you know, a guy like, um, oh, what was the other one I wrote down, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, on the list. So there are some some guys out there. Patrick Mahomes was the nominee for the Chiefs this year. Uh, but maybe we can get an NFL Man of the Year out of this dreadful 2023 Washington season. Uh, congrats to Terry. Hope uh, it all works out. So yesterday, I kind of spontaneously got into a conversation uh, with myself about whether or not the 2023 season is on the verge of becoming the worst season in franchise history. Uh, It really, you know, I had many people reach out and give me seasons that they thought were the worst in franchise history. Andy Polin, uh, you know, uh, my go-to for some of this long-ago historical stuff because he's much older than I am. Um... He said immediately the worst season in franchise history was the 1961 season. I don't remember that season uh, at all. They were 1-12-1. and one. It was prior to the team being integrated with Bobby Mitchell. Uh, they had, uh, by the way, they had a, a one of their wins was against the Cowboys and their tie was against the Cowboys. The Cowboys were in their second year of existence in 1961. Um, Andy also mentioned the 1993 Richie Pettibone season. And that is a good one as well. I mean, that season was a 4-12 and season. That season was a shocker, too. Remember that 1993 was the first season without Gibbs. It was very natural and very obvious to all of us in the moment. Uh, that Richie Pettibone ascend to the head coaching position. Jack Kent Cook made that decision pretty quickly. Turned out to be a decision that did not work out. Uh, it was the first year of NFL free agency. Washington was an aging team, but the expectations going into that 93 season were very high. Washington was one of the favorites, one of the top four or five favorites to win the Super Bowl, two years removed from the 91 team. The previous year in 92, they were within a whisker of beating the 49ers in the divisional round. They would have played an NFC title game in Dallas against Jimmy Johnson's uh, Cowboys. That was the Jimmy team that beat the 49ers the following week after Washington nearly beat the 49ers, who were the one seed, and, and, and ended up going on to win uh, Super Bowl 27 over Buffalo. Buffalo and Pasadena, but they opened up the season on Monday Night Football in 93 with Richie as the new coach and the previous two Super Bowl winners and Arch going head-to-head again on Monday Night Football to open up a season. They did that many times over uh, over a decade plus, um, and Washington blew Dallas out 
35 to 16, hammered them in Richie's debut. And it looked like, here we go. Brian Mitchell, by the way, starting running back that night, went for over 100 yards, two touchdowns in the game. Mark Rippon, three touchdown passes in the game, and they destroyed the reigning defending champions 35-16. to But in week two, Mark Rippon got hurt. The team looked and became an older team almost overnight. They went 4-12, and and they got blown out. Many times during the year, forty-one to seven to the Giants, thirty-six to six against the Cardinals, and then in one of the worst regular season games. This is not an exaggeration. In NFL history, late in the season, they played the New York Jets, coached by Bruce Coslett at RFK Stadium, in one of those Saturday games late in the year. Washington was three and ten uh, going into the game. And the final score of the game was three to nothing. By the way, the total in that game was 34 and a half, according to Pro Football Reference. And it was an easy under. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, and this was interesting to kind of go back and look at um, this morning, Denton. If you haven't checked it out, but the Thursday night game this week is just a terrible matchup for poor Amazon. Uh, they get the New England Patriots, probably quarterbacked by Bailey Zappi, who stinks like Mac Jones does. Um, actually, I think he's much worse, to be honest with you. They play at Pittsburgh, and it'll be Mitch Trubisky for Kenny Pickett. And the total right now, live right now in most spots, is around 30. I see some 30 and a halves out there. It will be the lowest NFL total since 1993. A game played between New England and Cincinnati late in the season. And the only thing I can think of about that particular game, because I don't think Cincinnati, they probably still had Boomer at that point. Um, I would imagine it was weather-driven. But Washington and the Jets during that Richie Pettibone season, some of you remember this, Denton, you don't. It was honestly one of the worst NFL regular season games you have ever seen. Three to nothing final score. Yeah, the Richie Pettibone season is an underrated, awful season. And it was so shocking because of the way it started and the expectations. And we really thought after that Monday night opener against the Cowboys that it would continue. You know, the greatness of the Redskins under Joe Gibbs would just continue under Richie Pettibone. Rippon got injured in week two, and think about this. It's been now, you know, we're sitting here 31 years later. Uh, that was the 93 season, 30 years later, exactly. 30 years later, and it really never got better than it got and it was when Joe Gibbs left in 92. But I, I said yesterday we would kind of come back to this subject, but I want to put a bit of a wrinkle on it given the discussion here early in the show about the upcoming offseason. I want to know, first of all, whether or not you agree with me that there's a chance with four games left that this could be one of the worst seasons. By the way, I think you can distinguish between worst seasons and worst teams. I don't think this will be the worst team in franchise history. You know, first of all, it's not the same team that started the year because of the trades and a few injuries, key injuries. 
uh, when I say key, they actually were a relatively healthy team. But you know, a guy like you know Derek Forrest was a was a big piece to their secondary. I don't want to get carried away with Derek Forrest or Emmanuel Forbes at this point, but um, it's more about the the actual season. And so at three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty, we'll open up phone lines. Is this on the verge of becoming the worst season in franchise history? The reason I would put it up there with the 93 season, I can't speak to the 61 season, Andy, sorry. Um, I would put it up there with 2013, although 2013 ended competitively when Rex took over in the final three games. And Shanahan, the Shanahan said, enough of this you know, RG3 thing, we're playing Rex. Um, but the, the 2013 season was a mess there at the end and all of the leaking and all of the backbiting and all of the story leaking, it was bad. 2013, 2019 was bad through the first five weeks. It actually became a more competitive team at times down the stretch. Um, and then of course, 2009, the end of Zorn was pretty bad pretty bad. The end of Spurrier in 2003 was pretty bad, but I don't think we've got a season that will match potentially the 13 losses that appear to be coming, four wins with the losses that they've had from a blowout perspective, you know, 40 to 20, 45 10, 45 15, 37 to 3, and then three losses that just were inexplicable. To the Bears on Thursday night football, a winless team, and two to the Giants in games that really the scores weren't even reflective of how badly they were beaten in those two games. So number one is, do you think this has a chance to be the worst season in franchise history? And if not, what season would you put ahead of it? Number two, are you now at the point where these final four games mean nothing to you? And you're ready to get the offseason started. Like, would you pay for this season to end at this point? And you're ready to get the offseason started. I think that's a natural reaction at the end of any of the, any seasons similar to this one anyway. But it seems like this one in particular has really turned hideously awful. And the interest level in these final four games may be as little in terms of the interest level that we've had in a long time. So number one, worst season or not, are we on the verge of? And if not, which season was worse? Two, would you pay for it to end right now? 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. I think, still think there's a reason to pay attention to these final four games, and I'll give you give you that answer when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, theteam980.com. We are free and live on the Odyssey app. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. 
Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So Washington has finished uh, with 13 losses three times. This would be the fourth time if they lose out this year and finish 4-13. and 13. They've done... 3-13 and 13, three times. Uh, the first 3-13 and 13 season they ever had was in 1994, the first year under Norv Turner. Their second 3-13 and 13 season came in 2013, the final year of Mike Shanahan with all of those coaches. And then the last one they did was in 2019. Uh, keep in mind, Washington... Uh, after the 2013 3-13 season, uh, which would have given them the number two overall selection in the 2014 draft, that pick had already been traded to the Rams to move up to take RG3 in 2012. Uh, obviously, after their 2019 season, they had the number two pick in the draft as well. They selected Chase Young. The three and uh, the four and thirteen season that could be coming this year will likely not land them with a top two pick, but will land them with at the very least a top four pick in the NFL draft. Three oh one two three oh zero nine eighty three oh one two three oh zero nine eighty. Like the worst, there have been so many bad seasons to choose from, especially over the last quarter century. I think the one for me where I was, for the first time, borderline officially uh, much less passionate about the team was the end of the 2013 season. Um, You knew, and maybe we here in the media knew a little bit more about what was going on behind the scenes, but essentially it was a throw-your-hands-up-in-the-air situation And if it wasn't confirmed at the end of 2009 or earlier, you knew at that point you had no chance with Dan Snyder as an owner because he picked a young, self-absorbed quarterback who had major limitations and perhaps was never going to be the same again because of injuries over a two-time Super Bowl winning head coach with, you know, a very talented, as we know, staff. Uh, And I remember saying, you know, even after the hiring of Jay Gruden, this is never, and it was really the beginning of me saying, look, we have to suspend reality 
that it'll never, ever happen. Because if we don't suspend reality, what's the point of having the conversations that we have about the team every day, every week, every month during the course of a year? Uh, But that season and the end of it and the backbiting and the leaking, and look, Mike had something to do with that too. He was pissed. You know, they were all pissed. He wanted to leave after the Seattle game the year before. Uh, because of the owner involvement uh, with the quarterback situation. Um, And really what he should have done prior to that 2013 season, we've gone through this many times in the past, but that season was doomed to fail before it started because of all-in for week one and Mike not putting his foot down and saying, he's not ready physically to play, I'm starting Kirk Cousins. He may have actually done that had Kirk, if you recall, if he hadn't sprained an ankle in a preseason game that year. Uh, But it was a disaster. They gave in to the uh, RG3 and Snyder demands that he not run a lot of read option. Uh, and they didn't, you know, on their way to a one and four start. And then all of a sudden, uh, in like week five, I think it was against Chicago, might have been the Denver game. They started to run them a little bit more. And all of a sudden, they started to become a more competitive team before the season just completely uh, imploded. Uh, but that 2013 season for me was pretty painful. The Kansas City game, very memorable in terms of having no chance. Um, that would be the final game RG3 started for the Shanahans. Um, and, uh, you know, they put in Rex at the end of that year and nearly beat Atlanta and Dallas before um, losing to the Giants in the season finale. But this one, man, I don't know if you if we've had a season with 45 to 10 and 45 to 15 in back to back weeks, a 37 to 3 game to throw in there on top of it, a 40 to 20 loss on top of that. Um, the point differentials, the worst in the league. Um, they have the worst defense. It could go down um, in history, certainly as the worst scoring uh, team uh, in defense in franchise history. But when you factor in three losses, like the two to the Giants and the one to the Bears, this is, uh, and then the two losses here recently, and what I think is coming, which is a couple of more major lopsided beatdowns. This has a chance for me to be the all-time worst season in franchise history. What do you say? As far as the rest of the season goes, I wouldn't pay for it to end right now because I think there's some intrigue with the quarterback, and I want to continue to see him play against really good defensive teams. You know, the two best defensive teams he has faced were the last two games. Prior to that, they had the easiest schedule for uh, defensive teams in the league. Something to keep in mind, and I needed to too when I got, you know, certainly more excited during that stretch of that Eagles, Patriots, and Seahawks uh, stretch of three games where I thought he played exceptionally well. Bottom line is they've played their two best defensive opponents, and they've got more to come in the Jets, 49ers, and Cowboys one more time. All right, 301 230. 0980 Let's start with Brian in Tacoma Park. Brian, do you think this is the worst season? We're on the verge of the worst season in franchise history. Um, and then two, would you pay for this to end right now, or are you still interested in seeing these final four games go? Uh, I'll answer the second question first. No and no, but uh, Kevin, let me just Get back. Let me just start off by saying uh, this isn't anywhere close to the worst season we've had. I mean, it's got to. You know, I'm of the age to where 
you know, Jack Ken Cook didn't just miss on Richie Pettibone. I'm old enough to remember him hiring North and saying he reminded him of a young Joe Gibbs. 1996 is by far the worst season. North went 7-1 and one and didn't make the playoffs. And that almost never happens. The only other time I remember that happening, uh, shockingly, Josh McDaniels, I think, went 7-1 and one his first year with Denver, and they didn't make the playoffs. But the one thing we are consistent with as an organization is we generally have nice men as head coaches, and at a certain point, we can't talk about anything football-related, so we just have to talk about how nice a guy they are and everything else. I remember that year they were they started talking about Norv and how much the team looked forward to Nancy's pies that she used to make for everybody. Right? Nancy, Nancy <laughs> I do remember that. Kevin, but you can't on, say that, that. That season, come on, Brian, that season's seven not the worst in one? franchise history. They With were 7-1. The with the expectations that you have and what ended up happening, how is not that not the worst season? Seven we no one expected this. Well, you season. know they they got they robbed. They they got robbed with a with a a, t- a terrible call um, in in both of the Cardinals games that cost them both of those games, which ended up being the difference between playing the Cowboys in the last game at RFK for a, for a division title versus it being being a meaningless uh, game. You know that what? that team what? was way overachieving at seven and one. It was not a good defensive football team. It was, was not a good defensive inaugur- football team. Was that the inaugural year where they put in the rule where you can't take your helmet off and they lost to the Giants? And no, 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 no. That was the next. That was the next year. North- That's the next okay. year. That's, That's the '97 season. Saw- yeah. That's the first oh, 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 the taking your helmet off. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I don't know. Yeah, I player, don't know the answer to that. Player. I thought you were trying to identify the Gus Farratt play where he banged his helmet. Oh, My no, 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 yeah. oh, no, no, yeah. no. He kept, he, he kept his helmet. No, he'd have been dead if he'd have taken his helmet <laughs> True, off true. Yeah. My fault. I got wall. confused. No. Yeah. Okay. So, Brian, good call. Appreciate that. Um, let's go to Robert in D.C. Robert, go ahead. Um, what's up, Kim? Hey, hey man, Robert. This, this, this season right here, it, you know, you can't compare it with any of them. First of all, it, it is the worst. Because it's almost like a catch twenty two, you you really don't want them to win. You want Sam Howe to look good, but you really want that high draft choice. So that's going to be kind of hard. So you want the quarterback to look good, but you still want him to lose. But we've and been they, in this yeah. mode before, hoping that they get a, a high draft choice because there's nothing to play for in December. Yeah, but we've never been in it with a lame, lame duck coach. These these players, when you hear John, well, Allen, 2019 we were okay. Where again we're in that again, and the difference with just being a lame duck coach, the unknown of what Josh Harris really. We don't have no idea if Josh Harris going to. I know he got the analytic man, but is he going to go in here and get the right GM or good GM and allow him to hire a coach and do things proper? So we got a lot of unknown. So yeah. and then father said, "Do you want the season over with?" I mean, <laughs> what we playing for? Okay, we want Sam Howell to look good, but then if we get the top four pick and one of them quarterbacks there, you are gonna draft the quarterback. But then at the same time, we need an elite left tackle. Um, Ron Rivera, when he first came here with Mike Mayhew, said we believe in building inside out. 
I don't understand why we don't get it until we get our offensive line and defensive line right. Right. I don't Robert, thanks for the call. We're getting a little bit off topic, and we're we're moving back to to yesterday's topic, which is fine. I know we're going to address draft and what they should do in the off season a lot. Um, by the way, back to um, Brian's call. That '96 season was truly a season. You know, over the last thirty, you know, not for the most part non-threatening seasons towards the Super Bowl, but that's the last time they actually legitimately had a great start to the season. Unless you want to go to the Alex Smith season, I think we kind of understood there were some, you know, there were, it was a little bit fraudulent offensively. That's They were 7-1, and one, uh, and they were rolling offensively that particular year. Uh, and they were doing it, by the way, with Gus Verratic quarterback. Um, and they were putting up points. They were very difficult to check offensively. They just weren't good enough defensively. And it kind of fell apart, and they had just some excruciatingly close losses. Two to the Cardinals in, in uh, on walk-off field goals. One in an epic overtime game. Boomer, I think, still holds the record for the most passing yards um, for a road quarterback against Washington. He threw for like 525 on that day for the Cardinals. Um, They had a great football game with the very good 49ers that they lost in overtime uh, at home. Uh, They had an excruciating loss uh, to um, to, uh, no, the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals at the end. Uh, Kevin Butler kicked a walk-off field goal, and that was the difference. That eliminated them in the next-to-last game of the season. And what was coming was the final game at RFK for the NFC East title against the arch-rival Cowboys. And that could have potentially given them another home game at RFK in the postseason. That season was not the worst ever. I understand Brian's perspective that it was certainly the most disappointing finish to a season um, but it wasn't the worst season in franchise history, in my opinion. Uh, let's go to Joe in Springfield. Joe, go ahead. Thanks for holding. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? I'm well, Joe. How are you? Great. Um, so I would say, you know, I, there is something to look at with Sam Howell these last couple, these last five games. Is it five, is it four, five games or four, four games? I'm sorry. Four, four games. games left in the yeah. season. Uh, yeah, four games of the season, and I mean, I don't believe we can. They're all none of them can be winnable, in my opinion, because we're facing some tough defenses, like especially with, against Aaron Donald and the Rams and the Jets, the 49ers. I mean, Chase Young is definitely want to have a field day after being traded, and the Cowboys. Who knows if that's going to be meaningful for Dallas or not? But I mean, definitely see what Sam Howell can do. But I got to tell you, Kevin, there are some similarities to this defense that has been disappointing this season. To and I got to go back to this, and Kevin, we've talked about how disappointing some seasons have been. The 2006 season, first off, mm-hmm. right before we, we just came off a of playoff win, yeah, playoff win for the first time in almost right. 20 years in 2005, and we go out and get Al Saunders. I understand you and I have talked about the fact that Joe Gibbs was thrilled about the decision, but as fans like you and me, we were questioning that uh, signing from the get-go because Joe Gibbs never gave a play call, but the defense stunk all season long, and plus you, you know, get rid of Ryan Clark for Adam Archuleta. Defense was terrible. It was a 5-11 and season when that team – I mean, Kevin, if, if we had – the year before that, we could have gone to the NFC Championship game against Carolina, and then we go out and make all these signings and I we know. go backwards at 5-11. and I'm not, saying there, I'm not saying we have more wins from 2006 than we do with now, but definitely some similarities from 2006 to now. But 
Yeah, I mean, there have been some more seasons than this, but this is definitely disappointing, and we are definitely playing for a draft pick. So I know you got more calls today, Kevin. Take care. No, no, I, 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 the, the 2006 season was, I mean, it, it wasn't the worst season in franchise history. I know what you're saying in terms of it being disappointment, disappointing because there were so much expectations coming off Joe Gibbs's second year in which to the postseason, won a playoff game, and were really close. Probably a Carlos Rogers dropped pick six away from advancing to the NFC Championship game that year. Um, but you're right, the offseason, and it was Dan and Vinny going to work, um, and Joe let them do it. You know, uh, they signed, you know, they, 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 they got rid of LeVar, they got rid of Ryan Clark, um, they brought in, you know, it was the, the seven for, it was the five for 35, you know, the seven, you know, the, the $7 million a year guys, Antoine Randall L, Adam Archuleta, they traded for Brandon Lloyd, tore up his deal, gave him a new one. They traded for TJ Duckett in that off season because they feared that I think it was the Eagles were going to sign trade for him. It was a joke. Um, and and Joe gave up play calling, to your point, to Al Saunders. And I think he had finally gotten into a rhythm at the end of 2005. You know, the, the real issue with the end of that 2005 season is Brunel wasn't healthy when they got to the postseason. Um, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Hal. Hal in Kensington. K-Town. Hal, hey, go Kevin, ahead. Great. What's hey, up? Kevin, great to talk to you. I rarely get to listen to you live, but I do listen pretty much every day on the Odyssey app. There's my yeah. ad for them, so I wanted to talk to you directly. No, it's not the worst season by a long shot. You've made the point many times. No more Snyder, so that is a major plus. I'm talking specifically just about this season, though. I understand what I we have to look forward to is different. Okay. I- I think there's hope for tomorrow meeting next year that maybe we haven't had. So that, to me, warms the cockles of my heart. Also, I'll say something you totally disagree with. No more racist names. So, again, that's a positive. I know it's not on the field stuff. I think there's hope from for Howell. So there's all of that. And just one more plug for you, Kevin. You do a great show. I love your show. When I listen to the Kornheiser ads, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy, meaning you, is so much better, so much more professional. So much more enjoyable to listen to. I do my own radio show, and I pattern myself after you to agree. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. All right. Well, uh, I I love Tony's podcast, um, and uh, you know that's very nice of you, Hal. Um, and of course, the comment about the name—that's a very complex, debatable situation, and everybody's entitled to their opinion on that. I, I think that that we in t- talking about this season. I'm really talking about the actual season because the, you know, what is surrounding context wise this season is a completely different outlook for the future than we've had in, you know, certainly 10 to 12 years. You know, it took us a while to catch on to how bad he was. Um, but really, the, the first chance we've had with light at the end of the tunnel in a long, long time. But I'm talking about just this season. The losses, the blowout losses, the non-competitive losses, they just they got outscored 90 to 25 in the last two games. They got beat 37 to three. The Chicago Bears were winless. They came in here and it was 27 to 3 at halftime and they scored 40. The Giants with Tommy DeVito, by the way, they're going to start him. Uh, they've been impressed with DeVito. Came in as near 10 point underdogs and beat Washington going away. 
Like, there have been some of the most hideous losses I can remember in one season. Not to mention the fact that while the expectations weren't high, I certainly didn't think that they would be a 4-13 team. I don't think most of you did. I think, you know, the idea of 7 to 10 being the floor, maybe 9 and 8, 10 and 7 being the ceiling was a total totally reasonable take. Now Vegas didn't think so, and that was the one thing that kept me and others wondering, what are they seeing and why are they making the total six and a half? It wasn't the lowest total in the NFC. Arizona had that distinction. Um, if you're on hold, stay there. I'll, I'll get to your calls right after this. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980. Theteam980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. Two more massive in-season tournament quarterfinals in the NBA. The first Eastern Conference game uh, of the night. The Knicks and the Bucks behind Giannis's 35-8-10. The Milwaukee Bucks advance to the uh, semifinals. They beat the Knicks 146 to 122. Guess who bet the Bucks to score under 120? This guy ripped my bank account. In the second game, the Lakers outdueled the Suns 106 to 103. LeBron 31, 8 and 11 outduels Kevin Durant's 31 and 7. And that's what's trending. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, phone lines are completely packed. Uh, let's rip through them real quickly. Um, we've got some NFL buy and sell coming up. We'll do some power rankings. We'll talk some college football on the show. Um, and just so you know, at some point during the show, we're going to play some of the sound from the in-season Hard knock show, which features the Miami Dolphins. And last night's episode included all of their buildup and then – the actual game on Sunday against Washington, there were some interesting pieces of sound that came out of that show. Um, Also something Tariq Hill said about Santana Moss. You'll hear that on the show. All right. uh, Is this the worst season? Are we on the verge, potentially, of the worst season in franchise history? Let's go to Mike in Culpepper. Mike, go. Hey, Kevin. uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, I don't know how this season, I mean, it could get a lot worse. Um, 
I mean, that 93 season, like you said, when Gibbs had left, to me, is probably one of the worst. I'd say the Shanahan 2013 season was pretty bad. They only won three games that year, and I think that was the year of that Kansas City game. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but it was basically like um, that was that was probably. And I've been a fan. I'm 47 years. Old, I've been a fan forever, and that was probably one of the lowest points, you know, for me. Other than you know the Spurrier years, I think were terrible. Even though the records weren't as bad, I think those teams were bad. Yeah, the, the, the 2013 – up, so. Yeah. I mean, 2019 was totally dysfunctional, you know, when you think about it. It started with the owner picking the quarterback, the nobody in the organization wanting the quarterback, God rest his soul, um, the season starting 0-5, putting the quarterback in against the Giants when he wasn't ready – um, although I didn't, you know, he was the backup quarterback that day. Um, you know, the firing of Jay, the elevating of Callahan, who came in and acted as if he was, you know, should have been a, the head coach for the last 10 years. Uh, and then, you know, even though they actually started to play some competitive football games. But 2013, that end, the Chiefs game in the snow at FedEx, and there's that famous shot of literally at halftime, the CBS Chiron showing whatever the score was at the time, I forget, with nobody in the stadium. Literally, it had cleared, and an NFL game was played in front of in the second half. Maybe dozens of people, no exaggeration. Uh, G from the shop, G, go. Yeah, yeah, it ain't our worst season, because in my opinion, losing Sean Taylor was our worst season and having to watch Archuleta get cooked and steal money without a mask on a regular was painful for me. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we saw Joe Gibbs clearly was away from the game too long. It had passed him by, so he was our only savior to get back to something. I'm kind of glad it's going like this. I ain't never hoped for back, um, top draft picks. I ain't never hoped for losing. But we got to go through this to get back to some type of professional stature because Ron demolished our professionalism all by itself. And, and, and the, the silver lining is that we got a lot of money to go find some professional football players and join this new regime of owners with like $100 million almost in cap space. And shout out Chase Young because we heard from these buffoon coaches that it was your fault, and we clearly see it wasn't. But the good thing is we got enough money so they might want to come back here when we get ran by a professional coach. You know what I'm saying? So we got to go through this. I might have seen all these bum teams, Detroit, Cleveland, all these teams that had seasons like this, and they done picked it up and put back the pieces. If Detroit can do it, our story franchise definitely can do it, especially with $100 million. Yeah. Um uh, that's a change for you. I've known you for a while. You don't you don't bail on any season. You don't root for them to lose. Um, but uh, I understand where you're coming from, and I completely agree with it. I can't wait for the yeah, clean slate no way, and the new start. No way I would, I, I, there's no way I would pay for it to end now because I need everybody to see how bad Ron really is. But my thing is, I'll be damned if I'm going to pay out my own pocket because they done caused me a lot of, lot of, lot of Americans over this damn year. 
<laughs> you know, it was only a couple of months ago, the Arizona game and the feel-good and the celebratory mood. It was a special day at FedEx Field, honestly, on September 10th. And and we should have known because they barely beat the Cardinals. They were lucky to beat hey. the Cardinals that day. Hey, honeymoon, honeymoons be beautiful. And then you got to go back home and go to work and pay bills with this new wife. <laughs> I know. Well, look, it's still honeymoon with with you know what nobody nobody I don't feel at all like this is the fault of new ownership at all. Thanks, G. No, Appreciate not at it. All. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. But we definitely need to go to some marriage counseling so we can make sure this don't happen <laughs> ever again. Well, there's no doubt that we, as in the collective fan base, we need therapy after the last 25 years. <laughs> there's no doubt. There's no doubt therapy. that we could use some therapy. We could use a couch uh, and a nice, even-keeled voice. Uh, all right, look, if you're on hold, we'll do calls for one more segment. want to get all of you in, and I appreciate you waiting. Um, is this about to become the worst season in franchise history? Kevin Sheehan Show, Team 980, the Team980.com. Our Ace Law listener lines are open at 301 230 980. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.